Well, good morning, and thank you for your very warm welcome. It's lovely uh, to be here with you this morning. Um, I've heard so many good reports um, of what's been happening in this church family in recent times, and I can see much of the evidence in front of me this morning, and it's just lovely to be able to share with you in worship this morning. Um, And I do see one or two familiar faces uh, the first being Helen Hewitt here, and I w- heard her playing when I was standing there, and I came in, didn't realize who it was until I walked to the front. But there are others as well, and it's just good to see you here uh, and be with you here this morning. Um, for those of you who don't know me, uh, I've lived in Hollywood all my life. I'm an elder in High Street Congregation in Hollywood, and my wife Anne was brought up not too far from here in Gilnerhurk, and we have six children. Uh, four boys, four girls and two boys, I'm nearly forgetting, uh, aged uh, 25 down to 15. I went to university in, in Dublin and Trinity College, and then I spent 25 years in the business world. Um, but for the past 11 years, I've been not one of the mission education officers, but the only mission education officer, Claire, uh, would that we could have more in our board of mission overseas. Um, and it's in that role that I come to share with you this morning To give you, I hope, a broad um, overview of aspects of the work that we're doing, uh, not in any in-depth analysis, um, but I also want us to help us to think again about what it means to be involved in God's mission to the world. So I've taken as my theme this morning the question of mission. I've no doubt that mission has been made much in the hearts and minds of many of us, many of us Uh, with the recent celebration of Hope Campaign and the visit of Franklin Graham and his team to the Odyssey. And as we've heard or met people who in in these recent days have come to know and love Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Mission begins at the end of the pew, but we must never forget that it goes all the way to the ends of the earth. It's at home and it's overseas. It's near, and it's far. But we have to ask the right questions about mission. And in fact, sometimes as I, I sense that as I have the opportunity to speak in Presbyterian congregations around the country, and the minister says that I'm going to be talking about the challenges and opportunities in mission overseas today, I sense there's almost a reticence in the hearts of some I sense people are asking themselves, is mission really for me? Is mission really for me? Undoubtedly, some have already decided that this mission business is not their cup of tea. But even amongst those who don't hold such a view, there can still be that reticence. And sometimes we find that the enthusiastic are not as many as we would hope. So it's important to ask the right question about mission. And I've been wondering how we might reflect upon why is, this, is there this resistance in the hearts of some, if not many, about mission? Why is there this standing back? And I want to suggest this morning, and we saw it there in that passage that we read from John chapter 20, that it's because there's a cost involved. There's a cost involved. 
So before we go any further, I want us to think a little bit about, the, about that cost of being involved in God's mission to the world. Reflect on that passage in John 20. Think of those disciples. In your mind, come and see the upper room. The disciples gathered together. The Lord Jesus Christ, some days before, had not been crowned in Jerusalem as they had anticipated. But rather, he had been crucified. And his crown was a crown of thorns. And we see those first disciples gathered in that upper room, almost cowering in faith, fear, with the doors locked for fear of the Jews. The Jews were locked out. But that means that the disciples were locked in. And almost finding that a paralysis of fear was taking hold of their hearts and minds. They were not ready to stand up in the name of Jesus at that point. Never mind step out in his name. They began to see then and there the cost that would be involved in following Jesus. And I want to say that there's still a cost involved if we are serious about mission today. Wherever it is in the world that we are engaging. And for the Board of Mission Overseas Personnel, for our missionaries in different parts of the world, that cost is real. In fact, there are some missionaries that we are not able to put in the annual points for a prayer handbook, or to mention as regularly, or in the way that we would like in our weekly overseas prayer line bulletin, because of the very nature of the location or the type of work in which they are involved. Graham and Pat. This couple is, is known to many of you here this morning, most probably because of their previous involvement in a congregation just down the road from here. Today, as you may already know, they are working in a country in Central Asia. But I'm only going to mention them by their first names. But I'm, because I'm conscious that the service this morning, like many that I speak in, is being recorded. And therefore I have to be careful about how much I say about where they are and, and what they are doing. They're working in a very, strategically, a very strategic pastoral role in Central Asia, in what is a very challenging and high-risk location. In February this year, along with another member of the board, the Reverend Peter Lyle, who's minister in Bally Home Congregation in Bangor, I had the privilege of spending um, a week with Graham and Pat. We were at a conference together, held in another part of Asia, along with others who are serving in the same country as they are in. It was a wonderful week of encouragement, fellowship, and learning together. And Graham and Pat, though tired, were in great form and so pleased that Peter and I were able to be with them. For people like Graham and Pat, there's a cost involved in terms of the high-risk location in which they are serving in the dangers they face, and in the calculated risks that need to be taken. They miss their family and friends at home, 
as well as the freedom to get out and about. Pat especially, who's a great walker, misses being able to walk anywhere at any time. Care and sensitivity is needed in how they each reach to other, re, relate to other people, both in regards to locals and to those in the expatriate community. They're constantly thinking, having to think security, and this affects every aspect of their daily patterns of life and work. Coping with the climate is also challenging, and they've just had one of the coldest winters on record with the water pipes in the house frozen solid for upwards of eight weeks. As the summer approaches, temperatures will rise significantly and become unbearably hot. Dust and dirt are an everyday part of life in the city they live in. That said, there's been much encouragement and fruitfulness in their work, for which we can only give thanks and praise to Almighty God. Numerous fellow workers I spoke to at the conference had only admiration and thanks for the gift given to them by our church in the persons of Graham and Pat. They are undoubtedly being used by God to bring blessing and encouragement to many as they seek to serve their Lord faithfully with the pastoral gifts they have been given and in allowing God's word to significantly impact the lives of locals and expats alike. Please remember to uphold Graham and Pat in your daily prayers. They can only do what they're doing with the enabling of the Holy Spirit and the prayerful support of the church here at home. New missionaries who have gone overseas in the past year include Ron and Hilary McCartney from Ballywillan Congregation in Portrush. They are based in Lahore in Pakistan, where both are on the staff of Foreman Christian College, recognized as one of the leading university colleges in that country. As former university lecturers at home, Ron and Hilary are now teaching Christian education maths and statistics at Foreman Christian College. Although this is a, a Christian university, it's a very challenging place to be with more than 60% of the students from a non-Christian background. Ron and Hillary are counting the cost too. The cost of just, having just retired and thinking that they might have had more time with their family, young grandchildren and friends at home. And yet, God called, and they obeyed. Moving straight from university teaching here to using the same skills and knowledge at FCC in Lahore, seeking to be faithful witnesses to Jesus Christ and his gospel in the classroom and in and through the relationships and friendships they are slowly making with their students. You don't need me to tell you that Pakistan has been much in the news in recent months with the assassination of Benazir Bhutto and the subsequent elections and change of government. Ron and Hillary need our prayerful support too. There's a cost involved. Let me briefly mention Joe and Janet Campbell from First Hollywood Congregation 
who are now living in Kathmandu and serving with United Mission to Nepal. Here's another couple, not far off retirement age, who've been prepared to up anchor and move overseas at a time when most will be thinking about slowing down and planning for retirement. But no, Joe and Janet have responded to God's call to serve in his mission in the country of Nepal at a very critical point in its history. Work in peace and conflict transformation in Nepal is an amazing and very interesting role for them, given their background of involvement in the same work here in Northern Ireland over the past decade and more. Though the situation in Nepal has greatly improved in the past year or more, living and working there still has its risks. Yet again, we need to remember to pray for Joe and Janet that they will be kept safe and will be guided and sustained in all they do in the Lord's name. And I'm glad to see that in your announcements or your bulletin that you've highlighted the television program this Wednesday, and I would encourage you to try and see that if you can, give you some insight into the work that Joe and Janet are doing. <coughs> so there's a cost involved. Sometimes it's not the big things. It's all the little costs that add up for missionaries of our church who go overseas. And often it's much to do with being away from those whom they love and care for most. They've counted the cost. But it's a cost that we all have to count. We are called to be a pain-bearing community in the church. To carry the pains and burdens of the world as we look out and as we reach out into that world. The cost is there for us to count, and if there's a reticence in our hearts, maybe it's because we struggle to count that cost. Or maybe we've counted the cost, but just aren't prepared to bear it. But look again, will you, with me at that passage in John 20, which we read earlier. For it, just, for it doesn't just speak about cost, it speaks also about confidence, inspired by the presence and the words of Jesus himself. Let's stand in that upper room and see the risen Lord Jesus Christ standing in the midst of his followers. He shows him, them his hands. He shows them his side. He reaches out to them. And the single most powerful motivating factor for these, those disciples in that moment was the love of God in Jesus Christ. And they began to see that their mission was going to be about loving him who first loved them. You see, mission is all about him. There's a lot we could say about it, but ultimately, mission is all about Jesus. And he comes and he stands in the midst of his disciples, and as he reaches out, he says, peace be with you. And in that moment, their pain became bearable because of his word of peace to their hearts. And as they began to think of the cost in following him, he breathed upon them his Holy Spirit. 
and in seeing the risen Lord in their midst, that joy which he imparted to them became their strength for service. Their confidence was restored. Fear was chased away. Faith rose within their hearts. And the Lord Jesus says to us, Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Before, he says, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. He is the Lord who says, come, before he says, go. The Lord who deals with our fears, who inspires our faith, who loved us at Calvary, and whose love for us is undiminished today. And so the disciples' confidence was inspired, and our confidence can be inspired too. Our faith can be inspired when we look to our Lord Jesus Christ, for mission is all about him. It begins and ends with him. But then the passage goes on, and the Lord gives the commission to his disciples. Here we have a simple profound but often neglected form of the Great Commission. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. This is not an option for us to consider this morning. It's a command for us to obey. Friends, mission is not simply one slice of the cake of church life. It's the whole cake. Not just one slice, but the whole cake. A mission that's integrated, woven into the fabric of all that we are and all that we do in the life of the church. This morning, we have to ask the right question about mission. And for the Christian, the right question about mission is not, is mission for me? It's, what's my role in mission? What is my role in mission? And that's a question we are all called to ask in every dimension and at every level of our church as we experience it in the Presbyterian Church in Ireland. For the Board of Overseas Mission, we have had to ask that question too. What is our role in God's mission to the world? as a mission board. In taking initiatives in mission, we've sought distinctively to work in partnership with churches, Christian institutions, and mission agencies in over 20 countries around the world. For us, mission is much to do with partnering, relating, praying together, meeting with partners around the world. This slide shows that happening when representatives of our church are meeting together with brothers and sisters in Christ in the island of Halmahira in northeast Indonesia. Praying together, asking God, what are your priorities for us together in your mission? So for us in the BMO, it's been about partnering with churches, Christian institutions and missionary agencies in over 20 countries around the world. But it's also been about people. 
We have not resorted to checkbook mission. Now, don't misunderstand me. Giving is great and necessary. And writing the check is very, very important. But mission is fundamentally about relationships. It's about people. People relating to people. And we've been delighted to be able to have so many people go and serve around the world in the name of our church and of our Lord. At the moment, there are 34 adults with 20 children serving in 12 countries. But we're also very excited that we have, hopefully, another nine adults, four families and one single man, in the pipeline, so to speak, preparing to go overseas later this year. They have all recently completed the application, screening, and interview processes, and are due to meet with our board this coming Wednesday afternoon, when they expect to receive approval to serve overseas as missionaries of the Presbyterian Church in Ireland. Please remember to pray for these people as they prepare to go. Our weekly prayer line bulletins will shortly reveal who they are and will help guide you in your prayers for them. So we are still seeking to send and to send people into key strategic roles in missionary endeavor. But we have, with our board, set a number of priorities for the future that we've been laying out before the church over the last couple of years. One of those priorities is what we call outreach ministries. And I would like briefly to outline the work of one of our missionaries who is involved in an outreach initiative. And that's Naomi Keefe in Brazil. Under the auspices of the Presbyterian Church of Brazil, Naomi is working alongside members of the Casa Caida congregation in Recife in an outreach project to people who live on and seek to eke out a living from the town's rubbish tip. I mention this particular project because the PWA has had it as a focus for one of their recent birthday thank offering projects, providing funds for a medical unit to assist these needy people. And I want to say this morning a sincere thanks to all who are involved in PWA for your support for this project and for, the, and for your support for the overseas mission work of our church over many years. With significant changes around the corner that Ruth was praying about earlier, we in the Board of Mission Overseas want to convey our best wishes to PWA members as across our denomination you join with young women's groups and simply become Presbyterian women. It is our prayer that you will know God's rich blessings and guidance as you seek to continue serving within PCI and also in bearing witness to Jesus Christ in the wider community. Please remember to pray for Naomi. She's prepared carefully for this work, gaining fluency in Portuguese and a master's degree related to working with children at risk, particularly street children. Together with the team from Casa Caeda, She's pioneering the planting of what is effectively a church for the rubbish-tipped people who are largely shunned by the rest of society. It's challenging work and risky work too. So please pray for her safety and her well-being. 
Pray especially for wisdom for the team as they reach out with practical help. And in so doing, seek to demonstrate the reality of Jesus' love for these people. Outreach ministries is one of our priorities. But we have compassionate ministries as well. Something which is very much at our heart. In recent years, the General Assembly took the decision that the World Development Committee and its annual World Development Appeal should come under the umbrella of our board. Over the last three years, we have been focusing on the environmental side of development work with the Who's Earth Appeal. Over £500,000 has been donated annually, with 95% of the money being split equally between Tear Fund and Christian Aid-supported projects, and the balance going to meet emergency aid requirements of partner churches. Thank you for the part you have played in supporting United Appeal and helping people in great need. Outreach ministries, compassionate ministries, leadership development is another priority. There are many initiatives in leadership development around the world that we're involved in, such as training partner church leaders, evangelists, or those in leadership roles in other dimensions of church life. This slide shows a pastor's conference in Tobelo, in the island of Halmahera in Indonesia, which I attended along with my colleague, the Reverend Ewell Mars. One of the main speakers at this conference was the Reverend Professor James Hare, a former PCI missionary to Indonesia who now lives in Australia. However, the long-standing focus of our support for our partner church in Halmahera has been the provision of scholarships for students studying for the ministry in the Theological College in Tobelo or elsewhere in Indonesia and for the maintenance, refurbishment, and ongoing work of the college there. So leadership development is yet another area of priority for us. But perhaps the one area or priority that's most in our hearts and minds as we look to the future is that which we would simply call local mission involvement or mission engagement. Because we're so conscious that in our church, it's not the initiatives that we as a board take centrally to send and to give and to go, but it's the role of mobilizing the church for mission at every level that is the key challenge for our denomination for the future. I want to say thank you this morning for the involvement you have here in Kirkpatrick, together with so many others in our church throughout this island, an involvement that comes through United Appeal. And you've been reminded of that this morning. Approximately one-third of all you give to United Appeal each year goes towards meeting two-thirds of the Board of Mission Overseas annual budget. The reality is that we would not be sending personnel overseas if you were not giving faithfully to the United Appeal each year. So thank you for your support, and please keep supporting us. I want to say thank you too to those of you who, aided by the prayer handbook, the annual prayer handbook, and our weekly overseas prayer line bulletin, pray regularly for our missionaries, 
overseas partners, and for the board and its staff and church house. And if you aren't a regular prayer supporter of our work, may I encourage you to think about making use of these resources, which will most certainly help to give focus and content to your prayers. Praying is something that we can all do. Praying brings you to the cutting edge of missionary endeavor. Even if you never leave home, you can be right there on the cutting edge of mission by your praying. Thank you for your prayers. But so many of our congregations and some of our presbyteries as well are getting involved in what, we, what is becoming known as Mission Direct. Getting involved themselves by actually going overseas and getting their hands dirty, as it were, in mission endeavors of various kinds. And we see that part of our board's vision for the future is not only to take initiatives to send people centrally on behalf of our denomination, but to operate a, a twin-track approach, which includes helping to mobilize our church for mission in an overseas context. And to do so through provision of training for teams, for individuals, for volunteers, in giving help and advice, in helping to shape, guide, and encourage the wider church so that it will reach the point where it can say, this mission is our mission under God who has shared it with us. And so we recently had another overseas teams training day in Muckamore Presbyterian Church near Antrim. While our annual conference, which has been rebranded, Connect for Mission, is being held at Greenmount College near Antrim on the 23rd and 24th of May. Closing date for applications, 9th of May. And I noticed some leaflets out in the vestibule as I came in this morning. These are just two events that reflect the board's commitment to help train and mobilize our church at congregational level for involvement in mission across the world. Ultimately, our aim is that God's mission to the world is understood and owned by every congregation within our denomination, and not just seen as something that the Board of Mission overseas does on behalf of members of the Presbyterian Church in Ireland. God is calling us not just to be congregations and a denomination that does mission, but to be a mission-hearted and a mission-minded church so that we see mission not simply as something that we do now and again, but as an integral part of who we are, a fundamental part of our identity and being under God. And so in concluding this morning, I want to, you to ask yourselves the right question about mission. And really, you know, the question is not, is mission for me? But rather, what is my role in mission? We ask it as a denomination. We ask it as a board of mission overseas. We ask it as presbyteries. We ask it as congregations. And I encourage you as an individual this morning as together we bow our heads in prayer to ask the Spirit of God quietly to nudge you 
in the direction of the role he has for you in his mission to the world. Let us pray. Our gracious and loving God, we bow before you now, acknowledging your majesty and acknowledging your great love for us, shown to us in Jesus, your Son. And Lord, now we pray that by your Spirit you will help us to hear what you're saying to us. We thank you for the, for the experiences of life that we've had and the way that you have touched our lives with your love. We thank you for the fellowship of this church family and for what each one means to the other. And Lord, we pray that you will help us now to hear what you're saying to us, that small, still voice, quietly speaking in the depths of our hearts, affirming and calling and reaching out to us and saying, I have a work for you to do. Lord, we ask that you would help us to hear what you're saying and with the help of your spirit to respond to your call and to engage in your mission. Make us mission-minded and mission-hearted people here in this congregation and here in, in, in this denomination, in this island, Lord, that we might be willing people who will go from the end of the pew to the ends of the earth to do the work that you call us to do and to help in the building of your kingdom. We ask this knowing that only you can provide the power and the strength and the enabling that we need fulfill your call. As we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.